What time is it? It's time for Work at Spursy. Mike, Steve, and Dave got a special guest tonight who we will introduce momentarily. But first, Steve, my man, how you doing, buddy? I am doing, I mean, I don't know why you came to me with the dog barking, but what are you going to do? That's my life. Um, you know, it's it's kind of frustrating. So he's going off right now because the UPS guy finally showed up. UPS typically gets to my house around like one o'clock. And of course, today's the day they decide 6.30, as soon as that Dave guy starts to introduce him, I'm going to bark up a storm. Very nice. Very nice. That's my life. That's that's how it goes. You know? All right. Well, hey, you're, you're with us, though, so all things are better now. So, I mean, to be fair, he's, you know, he's done now, but just what a what a way to wake everybody up. I hope people were listening in. They got the volume turned up nice and loud, and then all of a sudden just dog barking right in your ear honestly ah. it was minimal on this end i don't know don't know about the other guys but no no worries here yeah, how about you, you say so how it's about like... you michael how's uh how's life in the land of mike um <clears throat> the land of mike um you, like life that, is, don't you? you can use I, that. I do i do um i i you know i drank a lot of beers yesterday uh watching the the nfl games um you know, keeping tabs on my fantasy team. So I didn't feel great this morning. I was like, man, should I bow out? But, you know, we we have a um, a special guest uh, that's on today. Uh, very special guest. So um, I can't wait for that. But uh, yeah, I did have a lot of beers. I did not feel good this morning. But I just, I want to highlight the fact that on Saturday, I got to see probably the worst laser show I've ever fucking seen in my life. Um, and, and this is of all the things not I a joke. thought you might say that was we would not on we the went list. so Steve and I uh Steve and I met Nikki Winks for drinks at Two Heroes Brewing um uh in the afternoon and then uh, I went and dropped Steve off at the at his house and uh of course lo and behold you know I look at my clock and I'm like fuck I don't have time to get home to get some stuff so Amy came to St. Albans met me and we went we went to the tree lighting and of course because i was um illegally filling a uh a can cooler with uh, an adult beverage in the middle of st albans i missed the actual tree lighting uh which didn't make anybody happy um but then we did get to see the the santa claus came in and the the show the laser show that i don't know what the fuck was going on uh but it was terrible um the, the highlight of Saturday was hanging out with Stevie. And so, because I, I was also there. So, let me elaborate just yeah, a little bit. Let me paint I'm, you guys a clear I'm picture. Confused. Yeah. Same picture, up, please. So, first off, this laser show, I don't know what they were thinking, but they were trying to project it onto people's apartments, essentially. So, you'd be looking at where the lasers are going, and there's just some dude standing in his house wearing his white t shirt, <laughs> like looking out at everybody, trying to figure out. You know what what's going on this is ridiculous right uh 
Now, when you think laser show, right, you think this big canvas that they're trying to use, right? They're they're projecting it out onto a building. So you've got all of this real estate that they can, you know, doodle fun pictures on. You'll get some great stuff. Now, imagine that they took all of that and they just squished it all the way down into like, I don't know, maybe a uh, six inch tall line that spread right across the top of the building. So all you got was just a strobe of colors at the top of some apartment building in, in downtown St. Albans. And everybody just kind of standing around like, is this supposed to happen? Like, is, is this what we're expecting? Welcome to beautiful St. Albans, Vermont. I'm going to go yeah. on a limb. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say if you show up for a laser show, you kind of get what you, uh, you get what you get. Is that a reasonable expectation or... No, the expectation was that we were going to get something projected on the fucking building, Dave. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I didn't. wanted that guy in the white t-shirt to be blinded by those lasers. But enough, have... but enough about, you know, a town in the 802. Let's, <laughs> let's get to, let's get to this, to the 617. That's because, a hell of a segue, uh, Mike. Make it happen here, man. Yeah, intro yeah, our, intro our we have, guest. we have one of the hosts of the 617 and 17 podcast um, out of Boston. Also, uh, also a member of um the bssc um boston spurs uh tom mullen is with us today how you doing tom i'm doing great how are you guys fantastic sir fantastic thank you very much for having me it's it's outstanding to have you have you with us man thanks for uh for making the time thanks for loving the club that we love and thanks for uh being a good neighbor to to our geographic south southeast we appreciate you man yeah absolutely my pleasure so, hey, love to know, uh, Tom, just a bit of your story. Tell us anything you want. But ultimately, we're really interested in kind of your Spurs story. And then talk about Boston Spurs for a minute, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So, um, like how I got into Spurs? Yeah, yeah. Wherever you want to take it. Um, yeah. So, I'd say, um, like, right before Bale's last season, a group of, like, my high school friends and I, we all decided it was finally time to get into the Premier League. Um we'd all like grown up playing soccer together. So it was only a matter of time before we, you know, became like, you know, developed a rooting interest in a, an actual team. And one of my friends um, had been supporting Spurs since 2006. So I kind of like naturally gravitated towards that, but also, um, you know, like the pre 2004 Red Sox where like, you know, you get close and then heartbreak. And so I was like, all right, like I'm kind of built for that. Like, <laughs> I Let me pick Spurs. And, um, I also, I mean, I didn't really want like a, a plastic club, like a city or a Chelsea. And so it was a, it was a natural choice. And, you know, here I am now, 11 years later. Very nice. No regrets, right? Uh, no. Perfect. And, and you very recently, <laughs> our, our buddy Nick was on a, was on a trip over over to London to uh, see the Chelsea match. You were involved in that as well. What, how, how was that trip for you? What did you, you find when you went over there? Uh, trip was amazing, despite the game. Um, so I'm 0-2 as chairman going <laughs> over, 0-2 and 23. <laughs> so apologies, everyone. Um, but, I mean, the trip was amazing. It was probably the most fun we've ever had. Um, and it was really special this time because of like all the Spurs related stuff that we got to do. Um, we got to go up to the training ground to watch the under 18s play, met Pat Jennings and Jermaine Defoe there. Um, we got to go on a stadium tour led by Ozzy Ardiles. Um, and he's a 
he's so funny. He's such a good guy. Um, so that was really special. Um, and then uh, match day of um, kind of coincided with the launch of Spurs USA, that Instagram account. Uh, but they were following us around all day, um, you know, trying to get a sense of like what the match day experience is from like an American point of view. Um, so that was really cool. That kind of really put Boston Spurs on the map. I had someone come up to me in the pub yesterday and was like, hey, I recognize you from that Instagram story. So I'm like semi-internet famous now. Congratulations. That's, that's <laughs> Thank you. What everyone aspires to, maybe. Yeah, that's good. And uh, how about how about Boston Spurs? How long have you been in the chair role with the club? How long has the club been around? How many folks you got? What's that look like? Um, so we've been a supporters club since 2006. And I've been in the chairman role for two years now. Still relatively new to this. Um, but I've been on the board since 2014. So, um, you know, I had a lot of time to kind of prep myself for this role. Um, and it's been a, a pretty good transition from our, he likes to go by the founder now, Heyman. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, in our Facebook group, we have about like 100, uh, 1900 members. Um, I think we're closing in on 200 paid members for this year, which is the most we've ever had. So um, onwards and upwards for Boston Spurs. That's fantastic. And I was able to join Mike, uh, boy, it's, I guess, late September, right, Mike? We, we were yep. we were both down for one of your uh, match day events at, at the pub. How many folks do you normally get uh, at, at your match day watching? You know, it depends on, like, the day, uh, match time. Um, but for, like, a frame of reference, yesterday for a 9 a.m. match on a Sunday holiday weekend, we had 100 people. Um, which was an excellent turnout. Some of the bigger ones, we can get like two, 250. Um, some of the smaller, like weekday ones, maybe 40. Um, but, you know, we recently moved, uh, start of the season is when we moved to our new, our new location, Long Cross in Medford. Um, and I, you know, I was a little worried with the, you know, the, the bar being outside of Boston proper. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what kind of attendance we might have, but um, it was perfect timing, I guess, for Angeball. Um, you know, the club is flying a little less high these days, but, you know, great start to the season, um, which only benefited us. So um, very, very happy with uh, crowd size so far. Fantastic. And hey, I gotta good... say, yeah, I gotta say, it was a completely packed when David and I were there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, we, obviously, it was uh, it was the Gooners match, and yeah, um, <clears throat> and my son and I were there for uh, the Brentford match, so opening day. Um, and obviously, Tom, we talked a little bit, and um, yeah, I, I I really appreciate you having us. Uh, it, it was a great time, and um, I'm looking forward to coming down on Sunday and uh, delivering uh, our Vermont Spurs. Uh, gift gift package to uh to your charity raffle so yeah very excited yeah, if, about that. if there's one thing that i can talk about during this it's our it's our annual charity raffle go for it um, which is you know coming up on sunday um this is our 11th year doing it uh we support two charities one locally here in boston and then one um in london uh the one in boston is called soccer without borders um it's actually like a a nationwide charity, but we support the the Boston chapter. Um, 
and they you know help uh, immigrants, refugees, um, inner city folk kind of assimilate into um, you know their new surroundings, um, like you know the New England culture, the New England scene through soccer. Um, we've had a longstanding relationship with them; they're great. Um, but then the uh, organization in London is Noah's Ark Children's Hospice, which is, um, as some of you might know, affiliated with the Parent Club. Um, so we like to support them too. We've got a ton of great stuff to raffle off. We have, you know, shirts, scarves, kits, um, tickets, um, and you know, it's always the biggest day for for Boston Spurs. Um, coincides with the city match, so hopefully we get a big crowd. But you know, if there's one match that people show up for, it's it's this one. So, nice. um, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to having you guys come down. Um, like I said, Mike, thanks in advance for you know your donation. Um, yeah. It's really awesome that you know Vermont Spurs and Boston Spurs have been able to cultivate this relationship so quickly. Um, and that you guys are going to make the trek down and, and donate something. So we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very nice. Hey, thanks for talking through that. Tom. <clears throat> appreciate it. Of course. You know, guys, let's, uh, let's talk about the football a little bit. How's, how's that sound? Um, yeah, let's talk. Let, let me get us started. We've lost three matches in a row. All is lost. Um, the world has come to an end. We are a big fraud and it's all over. Who wants to go next? Yeah, that's basically it. We can just stop the podcast right now, right? <laughs> Done, right? Let, let, that's a wrap. Tom, no, 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 Dave, you are so wrong. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Steve? Let, let's hear it. It's, uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for the absolute insanity. I want to start just at the lineup because um, when that came out, I there was a part of me that just legitimately thought Ange might be the most insane person managing a Premier League club concur yeah but you know what it almost worked and that's the crazy part about it right like it's it's one of those things where yes it would have been safe to just play dire and skip and hoybjerg and just you know try to steady things up a little bit we tried that though right i mean we were kind of forced (laughs) into it after a while uh but you know coming right out the gate and say you know what i don't need a center back We'll just play four fullbacks uh, and just have a go at it. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because, like, you look at a lot of the statistics uh, coming up after the game in terms of, like, expected goals and possession and, you know, touches in the box, all that stuff. Any other day, we win that game. You know, it was just one of those days where we couldn't finish. We were skying chances that should have gone in the back of the nets um you know we were finding ourselves offside like every other through ball it was just it was a frustrating day but you know it it the way that we approached it worked for me right it was fun it was so enjoyable to watch um which i mean honestly in my opinion that's like got to be the number one thing for anybody watching a game if you're not finding enjoyment watching your team and this is a somebody who uh supports the giants in nfl what are you doing to yourself <laughs> like you, you have yeah. to be enjoying what you're seeing and what i saw for at least the first like 70-ish minutes 
was quite enjoyable. You know, when they started to lose uh, some momentum and, and they were looking gassed, then it became a little bit more of a slog to get through. Um, but yeah, it, I had absolutely no problems with that. You know, and you talk about the uh, three losses in a row. For me, my big takeaway from that isn't anything questioning Ange. It's we got to get some players for him like january window coming right up like get some guys in who will buy into this whole ange ball thing because you know when it comes to depth we just we just don't have the players who can support it now that said there were guys who were given their opportunities uh, rare opportunities frankly who i thought did pretty well you know all things considered uh hill was a bit of a nuisance even if he was a little out of sync with the rest of the squad uh, Decky in that number 10 role was like, uh, you know, just a brand new guy out there. He looked uh, he was inspired. Happy. You, see the, you see the quotes from him about how happy he was playing in, in that. It showed, time. you know, yeah. it, it really did. It, it showed that he was thrilled to be there. Um, the other interesting thing for me was uh, Lo Celso. You know, he got his goal, which was awesome to see. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, Madison's out injured. We'll get Lo Celso in as a natural replacement. He didn't play in the Madison 10, you know, Decky played in the Madison 10. LaCelso played a little bit deeper, which gets me thinking, like, is there a world where we get Madison and LaCelso and a Benton Kerr out there? You know, it, it doesn't really have that sort of defensive, uh, you know, steel that you might expect. But I mean, from what we saw, I don't think Andrew really cares about the defense. You know, as long you know as what we I boss everything else, right? The thing is, the thing is, is that Loselso Loselso showed a little bit of what he shows when he you know plays internationally. He showed the his the ability to cut off cut off those passing lanes. Um, he was he was winning challenges. He was winning 50-50 balls. Uh, he was going out there and 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 working and and uh, you know for for what it's worth, like he put on he put in a fucking hard hat effort out there uh for a guy who um i just found out today the last time he started nuno was the coach yeah i read that yesterday that's crazy <laughs> you know i mean that's that's fucking crazy right so um i love the fact that i love the fact that lacelso got that goal especially uh you know I, I i honestly i think that ball was going in whether it got deflected or not not the not in that spot but i think martinez was beat um, and I think that he was pretty fucking pumped that he that he beat his countrymen. Say um, it properly, Mike Martinez. Not Martinez. Martinez. Say it like an Englishman. Martinez. Yeah. Tom, what do you actually, Tom? Can I ask you a question in the context of something you said earlier? Um, <laughs> you talked about City, and what struck me in this match was I felt this weird kind of role reversal thing. We dominated possession. We were constantly a threat. We were we were converting opportunities, but then having them taken away, like. It felt like we were City in all those recent matches where we have beaten City just by the skin of our teeth, right? Where, like, just we got lucky and, and held on. It felt like those roles were reversed, um, which was a, a fun and weird place to kind of reside, although the, the loss on the other end was not was not cool. How, how did that feel to you? Did you see that the way I saw that, or, or how, did that, how did that look to you? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like, City play with such a confidence – that, you know, can only be instilled after winning a billion trophies. And, you know, I feel like under Ange, like we, we have, you know, a certain element of that now. Um, I mean, look at the lineup that he just put out and how long 
he's been with the club and has been able to instill with even like some of the bench players, like his, you know, tactical philosophies that he can go out and start, you know, any 11 and they're going to play the way that he wants to play. I mean, it's crazy. Um, we absolutely need to back him in January. Um, I don't, I mean, like I Spurs, I know, but um, I don't understand why Levy wouldn't want to, you know, back the most popular manager in recent history, um, take advantage of, you know, um, his success. And um, I don't know. I guess in terms of the last three matches, though, um, I I really feel like you have to look at look at it match by match. Um, so like this past match against Villa, like, yes, that that's going to happen, you know, over the course of a season, um, with any top four club, um, where you kind of, you know, it's just super unlucky. Like Decky hit the post, Sun was offside a billion times. Like, you know, I, I think on like a, a good day when things go our way, we win that match easily, like three, nothing. Um, you go back to the Wolves match and, you know, late heartbreak, like that happens sometimes. Um, and then the Chelsea match is like, you know, a microcosm in itself. Like that just never happens going down two men, all those red cards and injuries. So it's like, you can't look at it and be like, you know, all right, we've dropped points in the last three matches. Well, it's like, take those three matches and like extrapolate it across like an entire season like and put wins in between those it's not that big of a deal but you still don't realize those points i don't know that's that's a that's a fantastic way to look at it i, yeah, I it really hadn't is, thought yeah. of that uh, quite honestly like i was gonna i was gonna actually mention the same thing tom just did is like you have to take each one of those games and look at them you know in their own little bubbles you can't it's, say it's like we're on a three match slide. It's like yeah, it's I, I I each each one of those matches had their had their issues. Now, you know, I think that you know Chelsea was like you said, Chelsea was like fucking wild and crazy. Guys getting kicked out, you know, red cards here, yellow cards, um, injuries happening, like that crazy shit just doesn't happen. Like like that's that's like the weird fucking game that we have. Um, yeah, that's yeah. not like a... that 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 game lives in another world by itself. And then you have Wolves. Wolves is like Ange going, okay, what am I gonna do to deal with the shit that happened a week ago? And okay, so now we have you know, and and Wolves looked like we looked like a different team. And then this game, it was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna practice what I preach, and I'm just gonna go out there and do this thing that I keep telling everybody that I'm going to do. And we had seen with other players, but he has players that he obviously trusts to do a job now because one, because of necessity and two, because of, you know, his, you know, because these are players that are not necessarily like for like, but are more creative than what he had put out there the previous, the previous match. You know what I notice a lot, and I especially in this last match against Villa, that really intrigues me. Um, the number of times watching that game where you see players like Destiny and Pedro Porro in that center forward position, 
it's just it's to me that's wild like these are two guys who you know they're young they're full of energy they push and push and push these guys are running non-stop from their left right back positions all the way up down the center trying to get into scoring positions ball turns over their head down rushing back to get back to cover i mean I, I think that's totally emblematic of what you were saying about having players that Ange trusts because having destiny back for that game from his suspension was huge in how things were able to progress forward. He was um, out. He was like for 20, again, I, I, every single time we talk about him, it's like, he's 20 years old, man. He is outrageous. I, the, the, the positions he gets himself into, he was on the right-hand side at one point um, from, from like open play, not even from a set piece. Yeah, you know, dude, like there, I think I was uh, like, talking. And like you just said, he showed up in like a center forward positions. Like it's, it's insane. And it, it, the system is so fun to watch. Uh, it's, it's arguably more fun than, um, than the, the previous guy who's with that other fucking team in London. <laughs> no, it's guy. the, the interesting thing for me is, exactly how fluid the team can be i think there was a moment during the game right after the uh benton curse substitution where i was chatting with you guys like D- is is hoybier playing center back now and davies is playing left back did destiny get mm-hmm. bumped up to mid- oh no everybody's just kind of shuffled around and you know the next time play stopped it reset itself and it's like all right no he's in midfield destiny's left back you know davies is still center back it all is right but uh the way that they like if you look at the way that they're lined up at any particular moment in the game it's not that poro is playing up at center forward and you know there's a huge empty space where he should be it's that he's run up there and somebody has slid backwards to sort of cover that that position so when the ball does turn over and aston villa start to counter you've got uh you know emerson who can start going over there as Pedro cuts back into the center back role. You've got a Hoiberg or, you know, a LaCelso who's trying to cut some passing lanes out there. It's, it's fluid. Everybody is recognizing where their teammates are and when they are changing things up, when they're going across the field to the other side, somebody is noticing that and sliding into the position that they should be in to make sure that we're retaining our shape and we're able to continue pressing the way we need to be. Yeah, and that's not an easy thing to do from a managerial perspective. Getting, you know, everyone to buy in on that. I mean, sometimes it's European football. Like, you get egos and, you know, big players. It's like, I don't want to track back. I don't want to cover. So, I mean, credit to Ange. Oh, absolutely. That might be our episode title, actually. Credit credit to to Ange. Ange. Let's let's keep that in mind. (laughs) I'm I'm writing that one down, boys. That, That could... Could could be the one. By the way, how's the mic sounded? I made I made a, a tweak to something. Any any difference? I think it's better. Very good. I appreciate that feedback, Mike. Mm-hmm. Untotally intended. Yeah. Anything for you, Dave. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Steve. <laughs> hey, Dave, just, Dave just got a new mic. Everyone got a new mic. Everybody <clears throat> just trying trying to up my, up my game a bit. You know, our 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 mic has uh you know he brought in the boom mic a while ago. He's been he's been big time in the rest of us. So I just wanted to slowly catch up i'm not quite there 
piece by piece. Here we go. It's, it's going to uh, piss me off because this is this is going to come out tomorrow and it's going to sound your, your audio is going to sound better than mine. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have I'm like gold, golden voice and yeah, you're going to sound like Shrek, right? <laughs> donkey, <laughs> donkey, donkey. Hey, speaking of Mike and Shrekish uh, things, Steve, I think it's time for us to ask a really important question. Uh -oh. What do you What do Ooh, you think about that? Do you think it's time? I mean, I, I'm I'm seeing. I, th I think it's time. Yeah, it's it's a good yeah. time. Why not? I think I think you're up, sir. Why don't you, why don't oh. you get after it? You make Steve do it. You're not going to make the guests do it. Well, I didn't want to put Tom on the spot because I didn't know if Tom was prepared or not. I, I didn't speak to him about this this burden. Um, so, Tom, let yeah. me ask you, do you have any idea what we're talking about? And oh. are you prepared to participate if you do know what we're talking about? I'm always prepared to participate. Doesn't I mean, regardless of what it is. But no, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna tee you up here. We're gonna tee you up, Tom. So you get to ask the question. This is our our segment that we call "Hey Mike, what you drinking?" So oh, that's right. Um, Sorry. One of us always asks the question, "Hey Mike, what you drinking?" And then Mike goes on a ten to fifteen minute rant about beer, how beer is made, how he feels about it, about his favorite musical stories. Um, how much head there is? Is he how getting much, how much head? head there is. He talks about head and lace. It gets it gets a little graphic, and then I have to edit parts out later. You know all that. So, Tom, we we we'd like to let our guests ask the question, and and since you now know the, you know the assignment, I, I'm just wondering, do you have anything you'd like to ask Mike right now? Hey, Mike, what you drinking? <laughs> well, Perfect <Tom>. execution. <laughs> well, Tom. well done. Yeah, well done. Well yeah, done. No, you know what? Um, no, no, no offense to Ricky, but uh, he got you. He got you beat there, Ricky. And I know you're. I know you're listening. So. Um, that was that was a really good one, Tom. Yeah, um, good good timing, good good overall delivery there. I like that. You know what, guys? Today, uh, Steve Steve and I, like I said, we went to Two Heroes Brewing. Last time I was there, um, they weren't canning beers, so I bought that like eighteen dollar bottle of bottle of, I can't even remember what the fuck it the, was. The old growler routine. You did that one? No, it was like a like a twelve ounce bottle of some barrel aged. Ah. Remember? Yeah, no, it was like a, it was a Belgian triple. Um. So this time, please tell me this one's called Laser Show, please. Oh, that would be fucking great. <laughs> I, yeah, there what it is. There, Steve. What is it? Is that so, is that what Mike has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. It's called Kaiser's. Um, it's it's Kolsch style beer, and it has nothing to do with World War One, uh, David. Um, which we've well, talked extensively about. There's a dog. Kaiser yes. Sose is what it is. Kaiser is the name of this dog, and it's also the name of this beer. So Kaiser, oh, K, yeah. K, K, K A I S E R, yes, yeah. apostrophe S, Kaiser's. Uh, it's from Two Heroes Brewing. Uh, it happens to be my favorite style, for which I own a glass. Yeah, the, you know, the, you're the, funny like that, Mike. You, it, for as much as you like a a, a big beer, you, you love the Kolsch, man. You're always you're always love putting that at the top of your list it's, every time it, you talk. They're about it. they're spicy. Uh, they're crisp. They're clean. I can love them. Um, and I've been waiting for days to try this, so I'm going to put it in my big ass uh, staunch glass, staunch. which is which is the uh, traditional glass. Uh, Mike, I'll have you know that I have been saving this for you as well. I wanted so, to make sure I was drinking it at the same time so I could really zero in my guesses. This beer. So this is this is an ale brewed at lager temperatures, brewed and fermented at lager temperatures, um, and uh, it. It's uh, like champagne. Looks um, like a Miller Lite to me. It does look like a Miller Lite. Like champagne, um, it's only brewed in one place. So you, if you brew um, a, 
a Kolsch, quote unquote, a Kolsch, um, outside of Cologne, it has to be Kolsch style. It says it right there on the can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's there's German purity laws when it comes to beer, and they're fucking serious. It's like you know how you know how like for they, had, a, they had other purity laws, but thankfully those went away a long time ago. Oh right? Jesus Christ! I told you we weren't going to get into <laughs> World War One or Two history. Um, so yeah, just like they will sue anybody over over the beer laws, um, just like Vermont sues everybody over maple syrup, um, as we should, as we should. Um, no, no, we shouldn't. It ain't that special. So this is uh from Agree Black Flannel. Disagree, this Dave. is my Black Flannel glass. I paid twenty two dollars for this glass. Very nice, very nice. The assholes. Um, so here we go. I'm gonna. This has got a nice nice head on it. It's crisp. It's clear. It's bubbly. It looks like a high life. It does. Two fingers yeah. of soap at the top of that bad boy, right? That's right. That's right. So let's uh, let's give this a try and see where we are. Well, well, Mike's drinking that. Steve. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Since Steve. you're picking fun at my maple again, I I, I just gotta <laughs> ask if, given the opportunity, you saw somebody, uh, you know, in in let's call it the Northeast, because let's be real, that's where we all are, you know, and uh, they say that they're selling a uh, Chicago hot dog, and you get it. And it's just this fucking mess of bullshit. It's it's got ketchup on it. It's you know, it's not Chicago style. Yeah. Do, do you say something to them? It's got dark green them relish. To pay financially Absolutely. for their discretion. It's Absolutely. got dark green relish and a peppercini on it. You point out to them that they are <laughs> misrepresenting their product that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, you totally you totally do that. So they got regular salt. You don't sue them. Salt. You, you take no. them out back their establishment and just uh, just have a friendly conversation. That that's really all, all all you're all you're doing. No, I just listen. Here's my thing. <laughs> that's on maple the way syrup. they do things in the city of Big Shoulders. I I like maple syrup. I don't love maple syrup. Right, and and part of that part of my problem is I was never a kid who like would like knock over a brick wall for pancakes or waffles. That was not my thing. Give me a, give me a pop tart. I'm happy. I don't need a waffle. I'll take a pop tart or a, you know, a toaster. Tom, kid, Tom, you know? Dave, Dave claims that toast is the greatest breakfast. I, I claim that item. quality toast is, is fantastic. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Bad quality toast is not, but yeah. So, so wonder well, bread. It, it's just funny to me how like uh, you can get know. a, you can get a delicious, you can get a delicious breakfast at a, uh, at Long Cross Pub. Absolutely, uh, I've had it. During, during tasty, days. tasty buffet. <laughs> but um, I just so love how get, parochial we are about about maple trees and state borders, right? Like it's, it's just it's just funny to me. Hey, Mike, before you get to this, can I tell a quick, quick, quick story? Uh, that's about beer. This beer. So go ahead. Go ahead. You, you have to finish it anyway, so it's good. So, so my my lovely wife. Uh, one of our daily routines when I work from home, when she gets home, we usually sit on our front porch for at least you know 15 20 minutes just connect on how the day went type of thing um being a guy i don't usually want to talk about a whole lot but i i also um am wise enough to know i should ask her you know about how her day went and and you know we just have a conversation so today she was telling me she works as a as a nurse in a school and uh, she said a kid came up to her and asked her hey what kind of alcohol do you like <laughs> and she was like um yeah. I, don't, I don't really i don't really i don't really drink that much i don't really like any alcohol he's like oh that's too bad because I was going to bring you some Miller Lite for Christmas. I was like, Beth, you, you totally need to get Miller Lite from a kid for Christmas. That would be the best story ever. So that's, that's what I got. Now, uh, now what school uh, age? I, I will not. Uh, this was a middle school aged kid. Yeah. So that, that makes it. Yeah. That makes it. So even essentially it's my son. You're right. Going to steal it out of dad's garage fridge, basically. So uh, let's get on to the Kolsch style. Speaking Back to you, Mike. Um, no. This this is a really good beer. Uh, this is 
probably one of the top Kolsch's that I've had it uh, Kolsch style beers made in Vermont. Mm, in fact, right. um, uh, good water makes a really, really good Kolsch. Uh, it's a little different than it was when it initially came out. Um, this beer is exact, exactly what a Kolsch is supposed to be crisp, clean, cold. It is, it is sweet. It is spicy on the back end. Um, it's still bubbly like a champagne. Like it's just a, it's a really well-made beer. It's got a lot of great lacing, soapy head. Um, any idea what you guys think I'm going to give this for a rating? Um, Steve has put, Steve has put his number in, uh, Tom, I don't know if you know this, but Steve and I usually do predictions on the side. If you want to, you want to send us a, a score of one, 1.0 to 5.0 prediction, um, I'll give Tom a second to do that. It's worth letting you know also, like, so if I put it's it in a the beer chat, he, I don't say it out loud. Yeah, put it in the chat um, to either LaCelso Lives or to just to me. Um, LaCelso. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We're going to see how calibrated we get here. Because, Mike, uh, you said some you said some keywords that I think, oh, look at that. It went went to double, uh, double digits there. Well, I mean, Mike, have we talked about Untapped? Are you on Untapped? I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm guessing my rating based off of how we do it on Untapped. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Your, your rating is probably true. Um, Steve and I are going off of some of Mike's buzzwords. We we think he may trend <laughs> a certain certain direction. So a spicy one of them. <laughs> spicy, sweet and spicy. It's like barbecue. So, <laughs> so okay, so um. Straight off the top, this beer is fantastic. I love it. I'm going to uh, drink another one when I get done here so I can uh, watch this Monday Night Football game and watch my fantasy team uh, lose, lose lose first place um, because the Bears are terrible. Um, Bears. This beer for me, 4.1. So uh, Tom came in at 3.75. Okay. I came in at 4.2. Steve came in at 4.3. So, so Steve and I were trying to dial you in but tom i, I think if you average those i bet we get 4.1 yes price is right rules <laughs> tom wins tom, tom wins you, you win the hot tub and the trip to uh cancun congratulations oh sick outstanding all right mike 4.1 on that how about a song what do you got for our guest today uh, i'm gonna go uh, uh a famous ska band from the from the 1990s the mighty mighty Boston's. hell yeah good band Yep, uh, and I'm gonna go uh, someday, I suppose. It All seems right. like that's a song that everybody knows. Um, it's it's a fun song. This is a fun beer. Um, it's it's the well-known song. You know, this is a type of beer that you can have with your friends and have a fucking great time. And someday, I suppose, is kind of it's it's, it's one of their party songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 a fantastic song. Mike, I, I like everything about. Mantra. Say again, Tom. It's also kind of a Spurs mantra. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I suppose. You know what? And I and I honestly like when you told your your kind of origin story. Mine comes a few years later, uh, at the very beginning of the Harry Kane era, and uh, solidified uh, with the Lucas Mora hat trick. Um, but um, I, I, it was always that because I'm a big Red Sox fan. Um, I, I mean, I'm wearing my my 2004 dugout sweatshirt, um, it, and 
it was like I, I I compared them to the always almost never. Yeah. You know, and the Red Sox got it over the line. I think Spurs are gonna get it over the line at some point soon. Some point soon. So uh yeah, four point one, mighty mighty Boston's uh someday, I suppose. Hey, when, once Spurs get it over the line, Mike, do you think Spurs fans like us will become like Red like Sox, Sox fans, fans are now? Yeah. I will We're say not- that um if Spurs ever win the league. I'm on, and I mean, this is putting it like on super record, but I'm going to get a full back tattoo. Full. <clears throat> Committed. Oh, man. You know, nice. I said that I said that about Notre Dame football uh, when I was like 12. Um, <laughs> well, I'm 35, so. <laughs> Tom, what are you going to get? You're going to get um, Richarlison on your back? <laughs> what are you going to go with? No, Richarlison <laughs> comes up the neck. No, I he has, was he has himself my, on his back, right? Yeah, my own face. Your own face. There you go. <laughs> like the, the Stevo treatment, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, That's it's fantastic. solid. It's got to include Dembele. He's my favorite player ever. So I got to start there. Not not in Dombele, but in Dembele, correct? Yeah, Musa. Understood. Understood. All right, Mike. Well done, man. That was that was one of my favorite ratings you've done. I liked the spirit of the uh, the rating, the song. The beer choice, everything was good there. Nicely done. Could have been better. Could have been better. He could have picked my number, but you know, could have, could have picked your number. Tom wins. It's always next price, time. Price is right rules. Tom. Tom wins. Ricky is still yeah, the only guest who's guessed it. So he is. Yep, so. Elite elite company that Ricky for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's look ahead, gentlemen. Uh, as we as we've mentioned, we do have a a match with a pretty decent club this coming weekend. Um, Mike, you're going to be down. Yeah, Long Cross watching. What are you thinking about as uh, as we come into this match this weekend? What do you th- what's going to happen? Oh man, um, two things. Uh, one of two things is going to happen. We're going to score early. Um, we're going to get our hopes up, and then we're going to get systematically picked apart. Or Dave, or um, it's going to be really, really bad. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be able to handle Holland. Um, and you know what? I, I keep watching this guy and I keep watching him. And the guy's got such crazy pace. Um, he runs like a zombie, but he's really fucking fast. <laughs> yeah. Right. You ever seen his face when he runs? He runs like he's going to get some fresh meat. Um, but the other thing is that he's fucking huge, too. So he's like, it's like Gronk running at you, but on a soccer field, right? Um, I, I just don't know how, who we're going to have that's going to be able to handle him. Um, big Daddy Davies. You know, big, big, <laughs> big Daddy might, might be good in an MMA, in an MMA octagon. Um, I, he's, he's sneaky. He's sneaky, but. I don't he I don't think he's quick enough or strong enough to be able to handle Holland. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna have to be an effort of of numerous players. Um we don't have players that even that can approach the speed to to handle him on a break. You know it's that's it. Holland Holland is a I've noticed he's a classic cherry picker. Totally. Um, Um he is a big tap and merchant in in and I don't think he's that great of a finisher. He gets himself into great positions to finish. Um, so I think Holland is a big problem. I think that guys like guys like Rodri, like they, they have they have an A and a B squad who th- that are both A squads. 
right? So you lose one player, the next next man up. Um, they've been able to build that for a long, long time. Now, the way that we're going to beat them, if we if we can, is to frustrate the hell out of them. Is to take possession from them. Um, and, and, you know, like, I mean, you could say that for any club, for any game. You know, you hold the ball more, less opportunities for them to score. But I think keeping the ball away from them is going to be a big is going to be a big to do on on the list. I think we're going to come out with a very, very similar looking lineup um, just based on what we saw. And it looks like, you know, our, our boy Silky Puddin is uh, a, that's what we call uh, Benton Kerr because he's silky like Puddin. It's like a minor knock, right? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a minor knock. So yeah. Couple days rest. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be good. Um, he was fantastic. And there's something that we're gonna. We have to talk about. Um, and maybe I'll save it for my, for my final thoughts because there's a particular person that I have some particular venom for. Um, it's me from, isn't that, it? from that last game, and it's Stephen. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think that this game, this game is either gonna be really close. Um, we're going to score early and it's going to be really close or we're going to get really, 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 really pantsed. Yeah, it could, it could be bad. Yeah. And this could be one of those games where again, you have to put it in its own little bubble. Valid. Uh, they're Got good. At, they're good at, they're good at counterattacking. They're good at attacking. They're good at holding possession. We just have to take that from them. Tom, what do you think? I, agree with Mike. And I think if we can nick a quick goal, the first five, 10 minutes, that's really going to change the whole projection of the match. Um, uh, yeah. Holland's a problem. Um, but you know, if we can, I don't want to park the bus necessarily, and that's certainly not inch ball, but, um, I think if we, if we just get that first goal, um, you know, if we come out flying high, like we have been, um, and, you know, if we were to lose, that's really going to affect raffle ticket sales this upcoming weekend. So I'm really hoping for a win. <laughs> okay, dumb question. Is there a, a legitimate parallel between the outcome of the game and how raffle tickets sell for the fundraiser? I think so. I mean, you lose and people are pissed off. They just yeah. go to, like, all right, I'm going to leave. They're not parting with their money, are they? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. All right. Very interesting. Steve, analyze this. What do you, what do you see? What do you think? I'm fully expecting a loss. Um, you know, not for nothing. I city just have too many ways to punish individual mistakes. And with the, uh, personnel situation that we're in right now, there's going to be individual mistakes, you know, I knew going into the Villa match that they were going to score. It was just a matter of scoring more than them mm -hmm. uh, to offset it. One nothing. That's, that's how you, that's how you win, it. right, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. Usually, um, but it's you know it's it's one of those early goal or not. It doesn't matter if we can't put like two, three, four goals up on them. It's not going to matter. You know they're going to get in there. They're going to score goals. I, I have no. You know, there's nothing in my head that's saying, oh, maybe we can keep a clean sheet if we do. We could park the bus and they would still score on us, right? So I 
I think it's going to be an exciting game, though. You know, I do think we'll lose, but I think it's going to be a similar sort of situation where we're aggressive, we're pressing hard, uh, we are pushing, we're trying to control, we're trying to stay in it. Uh, and that's going to make for a really exciting back and forth. Um, you know, thinking back to the first seven, 10 minutes of the Villa game where it could have been, you know, four or five goals scored. That's probably the level that that I'm expecting going into this match with both teams having ample chances. It's just that I think City's going to be way more clinical uh, in, in converting those chances. And I'm not all that upset about it, to be honest. You know, if we had Romero and uh, Mickey in the back, I think we win this game. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, but without the pair of them, doing their thing, you know, Mickey's speed, I think can more than handle Holland, Romero's aggressiveness, uh, as long as he's not pushing into red card territory, uh, is good enough to disrupt a lot of the, the play that they've got going on. And don't discount Doku either. I mean, that guy can fly as well. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm expecting the loss, but I don't think it's going to be a boring loss. Uh, I think the team is going to continue to embrace Ange's methodology. They're going to push for it. They're going to lose, but they're going to make us proud doing it, you know? And uh, the sooner we can get some of these injured guys back and, you know, fix the problems that we've got, you know, it's a long season still to play. There's plenty of opportunity for us to catch up. And then it's all going to be, what can we do in the reverse fixture when we've got a full set of hopefully healthy guys at our disposal. Um, well, who like who? <clears throat> so for me, I, there's there's three players that that really, really, really scare me. Uh, outside of Holland on that team, and I mean, who are the players that scare you the most? I mean, I think that like Julian Alvarez and Phil yes. Foden are are probably the two most scary players on that team. Um, outside of Holland and and Rodri um, was hoping for Rodri to pick up that yellow card so we wouldn't have to deal with him. I think healthy De Bruyne is the scariest candidate. Yeah, but just just right. Understood. But like, I mean, he's not he's not there. Like, right, understood. But like, they have they have props. fantastic defenders. They have Kyle Walker. They you know like Rico. They have Rico Lewis. You know, um, Alvarez for me is is the one just because he's like. I don't know. Bernard, I feel like, like he's almost that, underappreciated. That little Bernardo, like they have, they have, like I said, they have those guys who are like, they have even their B team is an A team. So like, oh, it yeah. doesn't matter who they substitute or when they substitute, you're never going to get relief. And, and I, I know this sounds like a fucking Man City pod right now. This is awful. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm looking, I'm looking at this and going, how are Spurs going to win? Um, and like like I said before, Spurs are going to win by holding possession, keeping the ball, playing keep away. Like it's the classic, classic, keep the ball away from the fucking bully on on the. On, and let's be real, it's going to come down to the refereeing as well. I knock mean, his ass in the dirt too. Like we're we're not gonna we're not gonna but we're not gonna put out a big physical lineup. If we if this, and I know I. <sighs> Everybody's got to deal with these referees, but let's be real. The referees in the league are just abysmal. It's going to be a matter of, is this a referee who is willing to put a stamp on some of the hard, heavy, aggressive challenges that, let's be real, we see Rodri typically do? 
because uh, if we've got somebody who's going to stamp that out, I think the advantage falls more towards Spurs because uh, they'll have to play things a little more cautiously and, and Rodri can kind of lose his temper a bit. But if it's going to be somebody who just lets everything go and then the game gets out of control a la Chelsea, we're fucked. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Rodri will just run all over us, take full advantage of the lack of refereeing. Uh, and, you know, it is what it is, right? Blame the refs all you want, but both teams have to deal with it. And it is a factor that does contribute to outcomes most of the time. So, you know, we saw in the Villa game, there was that one challenge that, uh, you know, maybe that could have been called as a penalty for us. Uh, it certainly was called on Romero. He got the red card for going down, even though he got the ball. Yep. Uh, you know, another ref, maybe they give us that penalty. VAR tells them, yeah, that's definitely a foul and different story, right? But we didn't have if that. It's in the ref, middle of the box. Lucky. It's a penalty in the middle of the box. It's just, it was on the outside of the box. You know, you could you could argue that that Decky was out of control. Sure. But it's a 50-50 decision that could have in another universe gone yeah. in our favor. And sure, he swung his leg through and, and caught Decky. Yeah. Yep. It shit happens. I'm not gonna, you know, cry about it, unlike some uh managers. Uh, but <laughs> it, you know, that's the reality of the situation. So if we can get somebody who takes control of that game from a, a an officiating perspective i think maybe we've got a shot at it but if if they're going to let city run all over us then you know not much you can do about that except make it entertaining all right that said let's uh let's move on to closing thoughts boys tom we uh we usually share just a closing thought that is on our mind could be about spurs or just the world or life in general so i'll give you time to think uh let's start with you mike what do you got for closing thoughts? You said you had something teed up, some venom. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk. I want to talk about um, about the state of the game because because we're allowing players uh, we're allowing players to go out there and make risky risky tackles, and uh, Romero is no exception. Um, and Destiny, it was no exception in that Chelsea match too. Um, we're allowing players to go out there and make risky risky tackles that quite honestly will and can affect players entire careers um and i'm talking about you quote unquote maddie cash grow the fuck up dude your name's matthew matt whatever you're not a fucking seven to ten year old kid anymore your name's not maddie um you're also not polish well you are you maybe you are polish but you're not a polish national um I don't like this guy. I don't. Judgy. I, Mike is judgy tonight. Yeah, I am judgy. You know why? Because he took. How do you know? He took out. He took out probably one of our. How do you know he's not Maddie Kashmowitz for for all intents and purposes? Kashinsky. Yeah. How how do you know this? Because then he'd be North Macedonian. Suck it. <laughs> no. So I'm. I have. I have a, a particular issue with with uh, with Maddie Cash. Um, <laughs> This this guy this guy could not could not handle Benton Kerr the entire game. Um, the last time we ben, the last time was stellar like he he was stellar serving up dimes all over the pitch. Like he, yeah, he was he was, he was easily the most creative player. Yeah. Um, I also will give a, a lot of credit to Brian Brian Hill mm-hmm. who was great on the ball. He was he was very dribbly, but he was very good in possession. 
He was very good. He was very good. Uh, he was very good with his passes, his overlapping runs. I think him and Benteke were working really, really well together. I, I, I just think that Matty Cash. He's like the, there, he's the Spanish man or Solomon, basically. Uh, okay let's let's move away from that but I, yeah. my point is my point is is that this is the second time in a row that he's done this with spurs um to a player who was probably one of the better players on the field on that day mm-hmm. that he could not handle he could not handle the wing back matt doherty he mm-hmm. could not handle um our number eight six whatever whatever he was whatever whatever he was uh, on the day uh, Benton Kerr um, was constantly beating him. So what he does is takes him out at the legs. The, the referees need to get a handle on the game and need to stop these injuries from happening. And, you know, old school soccer fans will say, this is the way the game is played, but that shit is outrageous. He went, I don't care what he was. He was not going for the ball. He would, and whether he was intending to injure or whether whether he was intending to stop the player, what he did was dangerous, and and uh, unfortunately he's not going to be held accountable for it, like he was not held accountable before for ending Matt Doherty's season. But guys like him need to be stopped, and it, and it just kind of piggybacks on what Steve was saying was that we need referees to go out there and take a hold of this game and say. Like it or not, this is the age we're playing in, and these are the fucking rules. And grow the fuck up, Matthew. Yeah, you know, Mike. There's, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting intersections to what you what you talked about. So here's what I'm thinking about as you as you say this. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? No. Are you gonna? You're gonna play devil's advocate for Maddie Cash? No, I'm not. I'm not because I was about to say like I don't disagree with anything you said. Um. But I'm trying to like put context around it. So I'm trying to think about clearly this year, the refs have been making an effort to call games a bit more loosely so that the games aren't being stopped for every little nick and knock that that happens. Now, let you got to put the, the VAR issues aside for that. Like, so clearly mm-hmm. they're making an effort or they've had a directive for that. And then I flash back, you know, a few years ago, like I can still envision when when Sun in a petulant rash broke uh was it gomez for everton what was that guy's yeah. name broke yeah. his leg right like son got pissed son was getting owned and son took him out like there was no other way to to say it than that's what happened and like he got red he got red for it he you know he he saw a suspension it was rescinded the red was rescinded was that rescinded yeah i, I don't recall that okay well it was rescinded maybe, he got maybe red, he read somewhat field, undermines yeah. what i'm saying but i guess i guess like it's just, I, I guess I want to say it's tricky. You know what I mean? Like, I think the Romero call versus some of the calls we saw this weekend, it's nonsense, the inconsistency and the the uh, the irony in, when it comes to the differences. But yeah, it's also the, the, like, the, I can't make sense out both, of what they're trying yeah. to do. You know what I mean? VAR is a mess. They're trying to call the games looser and keep the games moving and let calls go. And sometimes they let calls go. You're like, good, I'm glad they let that one go. You know, like, get up, get moving. Like, but but then there's the the plays where you're like, oh, that was nasty. You know, that should have gotten called. And it just seems like the referees are, I don't want to say they're terrible as much as I want to say they're lost. I feel like they don't they don't know what to do, maybe is, right. is the the analysis I'd offer. So I, I, I think that I think that he was given a yellow, should have been given a red. Um because the ball was Past him. It was easily past him. And the same, same in the challenge on Doherty. 
The ball was easily past him. He went. He to decided the leg. that he went directly to the to the leg and ankle area. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Tom might looks like he has something to say about it, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Tom's like a student analysis, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I was just listening. That that was good. That was good conversation. Nice, very nice. Well, Tom, let let's let's go to you. What what do you have for a closing thought for us? What are you thinking about? Can I do can I do a closing thought and two quick plugs? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Awesome. Okay, closing thought. Um, stay the course. Trust in Ange. Um, you know, I we were never going to go undefeated. So you know, let's temper expectations. Losses happen, injuries happen, red cards happen. Um, I think my point earlier about those three matches, you have to kind of you know look at them for what they are and at a a match by match basis. But um, silverware is it's coming. Like we're gonna have a a great January. December is gonna be fun. Seven matches. Um, so, you know, future is bright. Um, one plug, I'm already blanking on the second one, but, um, so <laughs> that's called getting old. <clears throat> yes. It is sad, but true. Um, so Boston Spurs just recently, um, resurrected, um, our own podcast. Um, so if you guys out there want to listen, 617 to 17 uh, we only have one episode out right now, but if you want to check some of the earlier um, episodes, they date back to like 2019. So I don't really know how much of it's relevant, but nice. um, yeah, take a listen to our November episode and pay attention to um, you know future episodes coming out. Um, You're doing kind of a weekly thing or how often do you see yourselves recording? Yeah, I think we're gonna do a monthly one. We're um monthly we're doing a live podcast from the raffle on Sunday. Nice. Yep. So that should be interesting. Um, we'll just have you know guests cycling in and out um while the guys talk about the match live. Um and I remembered what the second thing was. Um so Nikki Winks, right? Yeah, that what you call him? Yep. yeah. He joined us for our uh for Boston Spurs' most recent trip to London. Um, and we're going back over in April for the forest match on uh, what's tentatively scheduled for the sixth. Um, nice. So if anybody <laughs> on Spurs wants to tag along for that one, hit us up. Very, very nice. Good to know. Um, if anybody who listens to this is interested, we'll get you hooked up with with Tom if you can't hook up with, with Tom on your own. So perfect. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate that, man. Hell yeah. All right, Steve, closing thoughts. What do you have? My closing thoughts, uh, I just want to give uh, huge praise, really, to the uh, Spurs community. Uh, there was none of the vitriol and anger and, you know, disrespect that I've essentially been accustomed to seeing following losses under the last few 10 years. And I get it. Right. When you're not playing well and you're losing these games, it's easy to kind of like pile on and start picking scapegoats, blaming players, Eric Dyers. Um, yeah, I got to got to get my shot in on him, even though he didn't really do anything uh, <laughs> this last week. He got um, up a couple of times, though. He did get up. And every time he did, a part of me died. Um, but legitimately, yeah, no, sure. like like, you know, I. 
I was almost afraid to look, you know, three games lost. I'm going to go on Reddit and there's going to be all these, you know, what's Ange doing posts. But no, it seems, you know, for the most part, uh, uh, Spurs fans out there seem to be keeping that level head. Uh, they're thinking about things rationally. They're giving Ange the benefit of the doubt. And all of that stuff, I, I think, is is the right way to go about this, right? Uh, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum for the last few seasons. If you're getting to the point where you're getting angry at the club, you're getting angry at the manager, at the players, at the team, and you just can't find any enjoyment, you got to stop watching, take a walk, you know, get some fresh air. Um, but no, it seems, you know, win, lose, or draw, people are behind Ange, they're buying into it. And in my opinion, I think that's going to lead to a huge payoff in the future. Maybe not this season, uh, maybe not next season, but as long as we continue to build and we continue to give him the resources that he needs, I think that we are setting ourselves up to be successful down the line. Um, and again, I just want to remind everybody when the season was starting, I think most of us were thinking, all right, if we get, you know, top eight, that's <clears throat> probably a win. Um, so let's keep that in perspective, right? Yes, we were first for a couple of weeks. Yes, that was a lot of fun. But when the season started, nobody expected us to hit the ground running like that. We're hitting a, a road bump right now. And despite the uh, media, despite some of the pundits trying to, you know, make a mountain out of this molehill, I think you just got to coast. You got to accept that we're going to get a couple more losses between now and the end of the season and just let Ange do his thing because he is a breath of fresh air, in my opinion, in terms of the approach that he's taking, getting us to play brave, even when the odds are stacked against us. But also just because he's a really likable person, you know, he's he's honest, he's transparent, um, no nonsense, right? You know, he's he's just the kind of guy that, you know, I'd want to have a beer with him personally. I want to um, hug him. Yeah, yeah like I'd, I'd run through a wall for this dude. Uh, so let's let's give him the opportunity. Let's keep the positivity going. Uh, and believe me, you know, the first few moments where I th see things sliding and I see things getting toxic, you know, I'm more than willing to say, you know what, experiment over. This isn't working anymore. But for now, he's doing the right things. He's saying the right things. The players are buying into it. Let him cook. Let Ange cook. I like it. I like it. Very good. All right, boys. I think we've recorded a podcast. Well done. As we wrap up, gentlemen, uh, Steve, there's something I usually like to hear you say as we as we close things out. Boys, 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 boys. And don't be an asshole. Thank you, Steve. And Mike, um, if we're talking to our friends out there, what, what advice would you give them? Um, you know, the world is crazy, guys. Uh, lots of crazy shit happening right now. But here's um, the thing. Here's the thing. I just want everybody to be safe. Just Thanks, be safe. Thanks, Longshoreman. Way to go. And, and and one more thing. What else would you add? Oh, Tottenham Hotspur action. It's fantastic. <laughs>